So I want to start with who God says he is. So I'm going to start with Isaiah 45, verses 5 to 7. I'm going to be reading a lot of verses this morning, so get yourself comfy. So he says, I am the Lord, and there is no other. There is no God but me. I will equip you for battle, though you have not known me, so that all may know from where the sun rises to where it sets that there is none but me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I form the light and create the darkness. I bring prosperity and create calamity. I, the Lord, do all of these things. Isaiah 44, verse 6. This is what the Lord says, Israel's king and redeemer, the Lord Almighty. I am the first. I am the last. Apart from me, there is no God. Exodus 15, verse 26. I am the Lord who heals you. Isaiah 41, verse 10. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you in my righteous right hand. Exodus 3, verse 14. God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Deuteronomy 32, verse 39. See now that I am he. There is no God besides me. I bring death and I give life. I wound and I heal. And there is no one who can deliver from my hand. That means when the Lord's wrath comes, no one can stand against him. But it also means that when we're under the wings of his protection, no, no enemy can reach us. There are also verses where God says he is a jealous God, such as Deuteronomy 5. This isn't all of it, this is part of it. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Punishing the children for the sin of the father to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. But showing love to a thousand generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. He wants our attention. But he won't put up with us worshipping other false idols and false gods. He protects his honor. And he wants his children to be blessed and have an abundant life. God is truth. He says he is the I am. And he doesn't lie. He doesn't need to. He's God almighty. He's God creator. People lie. Usually to impress someone. Or to get out of something. Or to hide something. Or to say they won't be embarrassed. Or to feel judged. But God doesn't. God never lies. And he says that he's our healer, our redeemer, our protector, and he gives life, and he can bring death. He's holy. He said to Moses in Exodus 33, verses 20 to 22, and this is the amplified version, you cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. Then the Lord said, behold, there is a place beside me, and you shall stand there on the rock, and while my glory is passing by, 
I shall put you in a cleft of the rock and protectively cover you with my hand until I've passed by. Even when Moses came close to the presence of God, when the bush was burning, God said, do not come any closer. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. We have a tendency to forget that when God enters the place, when Holy Spirit comes, the ground is holy. It's a holy place. He deserves our respect and our reverence. He told Moses to take off his shoes because it was holy. He wanted Moses to touch the ground where he was, to be that close, not to have anything, not even the little bit of leather between him and God. He's omnipresent. He's all-powerful. He fills the heavens and the earth. That's in Jeremiah 23 and 24. Psalms 139 says, Where shall I go from your spirit, or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to the heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in shul, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. God is omnipotent. He created the heavens and the earth and everything in it. That's in Genesis. He's omniscient, all-knowing, all-seeing. He knows what's to come, and and that's all in Proverbs and Psalms. And he cannot stand evil. He threw Satan, sorry, and his angels out of heaven, and that's in Revelations 12. I'm going to read part of it. Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to earth and his angels with him. No one and nothing can stand against the Lord. He is holy. He is pure. He's caring. He's loving. He rescues. He blesses. He guides. He instructs. And he commands. He is sovereign. He created the heavens. He made the earth and everything in it. And he said, it's good. And then he said, let us make man in our image. After our likeness to rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock and over the earth itself and every creature that crawls upon it. He created you and me and we're made in his image. He created everything about us, the color of our eyes, the color of our hair, our body, our face. And he was so pleased. He said, it's very good. He knew everything about you and me before we were born because he created each part of us and he created us with a plan and a purpose. In Jeremiah 29, he says, For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. What a wonderful thought to think. When he created each one of us, he knew every hair on our head, 
And he created you with a purpose and me and with a plan. That was meant to encourage us. That's written in the word to remind us, to encourage us. And by the way, hope in this context means anticipation, expectation, knowing it's a promise to come. It's not like, oh, only I wish this is set up. This is a promise. This is hope, expectation. Wait for it. It's coming. If you haven't received it yet, it's coming. There is a plan and there is a purpose for you. He always intended good for us. But there is an enemy. That same enemy that he cast out of heaven doesn't want us to walk in the plan and the will of God. But what God intends, God will do. And nothing can stop that. And that's something we need to grasp hold of. God wants to bless us. God loves us. God wants us to bless others. He's Lord of Lords and King of Kings and nobody can stop him. So if ever you're thinking, well, I'm not worthy. I can't really do that. That's not what he says. He made you worthy by the blood of Jesus, by the blood of the lamb. In John 15, Jesus said, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. What Jesus is saying is there isn't any greater love than sacrificing yourself for someone else. And that's exactly what he did for us. What he's saying is this is the greater love. I'm giving myself for you. This is love. Does that not tell us how much he loves us? There is no greater love than that. He loves us and he calls us friends. He also calls us mother, sister, brother. He even prays for us. He represents us to the Father. We could never work enough to get into heaven, so he made a way through Jesus Christ and actually prepared a place for us. Can you imagine that? A place is prepared for us in heaven. Not down the road, in heaven. There is a place prepared. In John 14, 2, he says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Uh, troubled, sorry. You believe in God, also believe in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and I'll take you to be with me that you may be where I am. The simplicity of salvation makes it hard to grasp sometimes because in the world we have to work for everything. But salvation comes from God by grace, by mercy, by love. And it's a free gift to everyone. And all we have to do is accept it. And sometimes it's really hard to grasp that, isn't it? Just in its simplicity. He knows everything about us inside and out. He knows everything we've ever done. Everything we'll ever do. Knows every slip up throughout our life. And still he loves us and still has that plan and purpose for us. That doesn't change. No one, no person, no thing, no circumstance can ever change that. Nothing that happens can change the plan and purpose that he purposed for you before you were born. And until we understand who we are to God the Father and God the Son, 
And that we have been sent the amazing Holy Spirit of our Lord Jesus. We won't fully walk in that plan and purpose for our lives. And we won't fully understand the authority given to us as children of the Almighty God. That same authority that he used to cast out demons and heal the sick. Authority to be used to bring glory to him and bring love and freedom to those who are still captive to those lies. Lies that says nobody loves them. I don't know about you, but I was once there. But Jesus loves us, God loves us, and he loves everybody out there. We have an inheritance, so let's use it for its intended purpose. Now, in Exodus, over, after over 400 years of the Israelites being in slavery, God told Moses to lead them out of captivity and out of Egypt. Moses had to bring the word of God to Pharaoh time and time again. There was plague after plague, and before Pharaoh finally let them go and let them free. Now, I'm not going to go into the whole story because it is too long and it will take me um, too long today. But can you imagine the joy they must have felt coming out? This was, this was their dream. They thought this was their plan and purpose to go into the promised land, to leave slavery. But what happened? Very quickly, they forgot all the miracles that they had seen. They became tired. They became impatient. They became hungry. Even though the Lord provided water out of a rock and food out of the sky and their clothes never wore out, they became tired, impatient and miserable. Things weren't as they probably expected. I don't know what they expected. They could have expected, oh, we're going to leave here and we're going to take over. We're going to be everything. This is our promised land. Who knew what they, what they expected? But it wasn't what was happening. And sometimes that happens. God has a plan and purpose, but it's his plan and purpose, not necessarily how we see it. Now, eventually, Moses goes into the mountain to spend time with God and receive the Ten Commandments. And a few disgruntled and complaining people let the lies of the enemy slip in. Is Moses coming back? I don't think he's coming back. We're going to have to have something. What are we going to do? Let's make a golden calf. Some people, I'm sure, even said we were better off in Egypt in slavery. At least there was plenty of different foods. They quickly forgot that many were beaten. They lost their lives. They weren't allowed to do as they were pleased. They weren't allowed to leave. Their sons and daughters were used as their masters felt fit. Now, I'm sure there were many who didn't want to go back. But just as it is in this day... People follow the crowd, don't they? Yeah. So they made a golden calf to worship. Can you imagine? They'd seen plagues. They'd seen the Passover. Where only the blood of the lamb on the doorpost saved them from death. A pillar of fire behind them to protect them from the enemy. They'd seen the sea parting so that they could cross on dry land. They'd seen that same enemy who'd pursued them drowning in that sea. They saw water coming out of the rock, manna coming from heaven, but still they made an image of an animal and bowed down and worshipped it. They still had that slave mentality. They had come out of slavery, but the slavery hadn't come out of them. 
They didn't walk in the freedom that God gave them. What they actually did was discount themselves from the blessing and the plan and purpose that God had for them. God had taken them out of Egypt. He even parted the sea to lead them into their promised land, but not one of them saw it. Only the next generation reached it. You see, no one and nothing can stop the plan and purpose of God for you or for me apart from us. If we stay with a slave mentality, always condemning ourselves, always saying, yeah, but who am I? I can't do that. We discount ourselves. God has not discounted us. Moses, he'd murdered somebody. He said himself he was slow of speech. But God's plan and purpose for Moses was to lead the people out of slavery. And Moses stepped up and did just that and allowed himself to be used for God's purpose, for the purpose that he was created because he believed God. Maybe if Moses had been good with his speech and had lots of confidence, God wouldn't have used him. But God knows us. God knows what we are capable of. And when we submit ourselves to him, we we are going to see amazing things. You see, it's not about believing who we are and what we can do. It's about believing who God is and what he can do through us. It's about believing in him and trusting in him. Because all things are possible for those who believe in Christ Jesus. No sea can stop us from reaching our promised land. No mountain can stand in our way when we have faith as small as a mustard seed. No giant wall can defend an enemy because God just said, walk around it, shout, and it'll come down. No storm can sink a boat with his disciples in it because the Lord was in it with them. No giant warrior in armor trained in battle could stand against a young boy with a sling and a stone because he believed. No prison door could hold Peter when he praised and sang to the Lord. Ephesians 1, 4 says, For he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in his presence. In love, he predestined us for adoption as his sons through Christ Jesus, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has given freely to his beloved, his beloved one, sorry. So who are we? We are his chosen. We are children of the living God because we believe in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And nothing is impossible because we believe. Nothing is impossible for our Lord God Almighty. Nothing is impossible for each of us. And if we haven't seen the plan and purpose in our lives yet, it's coming because he is your God. He is my God. And he has something special prepared for us. And we don't have to wait until until we go to heaven to get it. He wants us to have heaven on earth. Even Jesus said, pray, thy kingdom come. Yeah? We have a plan and purpose. Let's pray it in.
Let's pray, shall we?